Greetings and welcome to another session of Speaking Through My World. My name is Rosie Mutene and of course I speak on topics that are very close to my three passions in life and that is women, Africa and the arts. This podcast I've titled The Privilege and Politics That Push the Patriarchy. As we know, rape culture is pushed through patriarchal and, and misogynistic ideologies that it's, um, we also, it's very, very difficult for those who speak up and speak out against gender-based violence or social injustices. It's very difficult for them to get justice um, because of the privilege or the power that perpetrators hold. And more importantly, how society had been conditioned to protect this level of patriarchy. And this has been happening for decades. We look at how Mama Winnie Madikizela Madela was, was treated, um, treated by, by the apartheid government, treated by international press, treated by South African press. A few days ago, I was watching an interview on one of our local TV stations, and the, the presenter was interviewing Gail Smith, who is a, also a revered journalist, uh, a powerful feminist writer, media strategist, um, and, and the topic was on Mama Winnie Madikizela Mandela. And the presenters spoke about how international media played a vital role in vilifying uh, Mama Winnie. And, and Gail's response, um, rightfully so, was that it, it started in South Africa. It started with Stratcom. You know, she spoke about how conscious and deliberate um, and, and it, it, how deliberate their attempt was to, to, to smear her name globally and how everything was structured, how everything um, was, it was gendered, how everything was planned, how everything was politicized. And that can only happen with people who are holding a place of privilege and have access to political power and political clout. If you look at, at, at many, many cases, and, and I speak about Johannesburg, South Africa because this is the, 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 my home country and this is where we have a crisis, why so many cases don't get justice is because the perpetrators who do have this privilege, who have the privilege of controlling the narrative in the media, have financial privilege. With that financial privilege, you can buy people out leads to corruption, leads to other forms of intimidation, financial abuse. I spoke about financial abuse in, in, a, in, a, in a podcast not so long ago, and it's not just about um, withholding people's uh, money, but financial abuse of, of controlling people's jobs, saying, well, if you speak up, you won't have a career anymore. There's also the white privilege. And we cannot, cannot ignore Underneath that white privilege, you have the white feminist privilege, who will then control the narrative of, of how black women are supposed to, 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 to act, on what they're supposed to say, putting them at the, at the forefront of so-called movements. But then you have somebody pulling the puppet strings. Once again, everything is strategized, everything is planned, everything is politicized. And I want to give a couple of examples um, because I always like to, to relate to personal experiences as proof and to get my point across. Um, 
and I'm and I'm I'm going to give these examples of how privilege and politics have have protected patriarchy, have pushed patriarchy, and have protected certain perpetrators. In 2018, a well-known filmmaker made headlines. In a well-known newspaper, and of course other media outlets followed, because there were multiple women who came forward and spoke up against atrocious crimes that he had done to them. And the crimes ranged from rape, sexual harassment, verbal abuse, intimidation, the list is endless. And as I said, major media house broke the story, spoke about it, told the stories, majority of, 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 of black women, told the stories of what had happened. And what followed after that was incredibly scary. But now looking back, I can see it was incredibly strategic and also falls into to, to, to what, what, what had happened to, to Mama Winnie Madikizela and what, what, what has been happening over the years of how the privilege and the politics protect people. So this filmmaker makes headlines. Certain, um, some of the victims and, or survivors, and, and I use the term because it's, you know, abuse affects everybody differently. And it's not for us to label whether somebody's a victim or survivor. It's for them to, 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 to reclaim whatever word um, that, 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 that they choose. And so it was very difficult for the victims and survivors to open up cases. For those that pushed through and refused to allow the police to <clears throat> challenge them, um, you know, in some cases, the police wouldn't open up a case saying, well, it happened in another province, there's nothing you can do about it. But if you know what your rights are, it doesn't matter where the crime happened. If it happened in South Africa, it's up for the South African police to then transfer that docket to the province where the crime happened. And then the gathering of evidence. There was, in some cases, there wasn't evidence, granted. But in other cases, there was Justifiable evidence that was handed over, yet the NPA didn't allow the case to go to court, cases to go to court. In some cases, the investigating officers didn't even hand it over to the NPA, made the decision for themselves. Now, this type of privilege and this type of political power can only happen if you have that privilege. Moving on from that, the way the victims and the survivors were treated after that. Many were slandered. Some were dismissed as, as um, being called unstable because they had pre-existing pre um, uh, mental illnesses. If somebody, doesn't ha if somebody has a mental illness, they have every right to still speak up against a crime that happened against them, especially if it's abuse. Many of the many, many people dismiss that. Some cases were even taken to our gender commission who saw and who gathered evidence of proof that over the years this alleged perpetrator had been protected, had been enabled by certain people within his with his within his industry, within his with his within his business. And after these cases that the commission went through, 
after a couple of months, suddenly files disappeared. There was speculation that there was political influence there. And then the slander happened within that space again. So the victims and survivors who were in that space were suddenly told, well, this just looks like a bit of bickering between two women. So when you take a crime or um, some level of abuse and you want to reduce it to something but just bickering, that's another form of slander. That's another form of gaslighting. It's undermining somebody's pain, saying you're not worthy enough to speak out. I'm going to laugh at you. So over the years, some victims and survivors had to leave the country. Many were silenced. Some had relapses, like myself. But the thing is, this is the norm of what happens and why, why we talk about smashing the patriarchy and endogen-based violence is that we need to break these cycles that have been happening because these have become the norm. Through that white privilege, through the feminist white privilege, through the politics, through, through his privilege of just being a man in the industry was able to get away with it and still get away with it and still live. Another example, look, look at how certain narratives are told within the media. There are multiple famous DJs in South Africa who have been accused of, of different forms of violence. Look at how their stories are told by certain media groups. Look at the political clout that certain people have within media spaces. One media publication even printed a fake story, a fake WhatsApp message. Didn't verify the source. Blaming the victim. Was it an adequate apology? No. Because it's the norm. If you have power, if you have privilege, if you have political connections, not much is going to happen to you. And so why I wanted to, to talk about this is that it's so important for us to acknowledge this level of, of privilege and politics, but understand that it has detrimental effects on those that do speak up. Mama Winnie got through She's our pillar of strength. But there are many people who don't have that level of strength. You know, as in, in that interview that I mentioned before, and Gail spoke about it too, and, and, and it's what we've read and what, what we know, is that the apartheid structure and the apartheid government try to break her physically, try to kill her physically. Then they try to do it emotionally. And if you have that level of abuse, it's going to affect you spiritually. So bring it to today, to a young victim or survivor who is speaking out, and you're going up against all this different level of privilege, of intimidation, and then still trying to, to heal over the initial crime, 
And then you've got the uh, different levels of gaslighting, people telling you that you're a attention seeker, people telling you that it's all about ego, um, calling you atrocious names. doesn't matter how strong you are. At some point, it's going to affect you. And that's why we need to change our attitudes about how we support those who speak out. We need to deliberately and intentionally go through a process of unlearning. We all do. Because these patriarchal and misogynistic ideologies have been taught for us for many, many, many years. And when a case goes to court, it's a victory because many cases don't even go past the police station. And I'm going to talk about something, uh, a, 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 a relevant topic now. There's a case that's happening with DJ Black Coffee. And there are many trains of thoughts that, and many, many uh, ideologies going on around about, about the abuse case. And why, for me, it is so important to, 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 to support this is think about the different levels of power and politics that have been in play. And I ask other feminists as well, because there's also another train of thought of, well, yes, we support those who speak out, but we're not going to publicly support somebody who is a celebrity or well-known name because then it becomes all about them. It's not all about them. Yes, this case, their case, particular case could be just about them. But the fact that they're getting to the point where it's gone to the courts, and whether it's gone to the courts because of their political, because of their, their, their celebrity status, we can't argue that. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to support somebody who's in the grassroots level or somebody who is not known. Because the reality, once again, I'm going to say it again, is that not many cases get past the police station. So if it gets past police station, it makes it, the police actually do their work and gather enough evidence that it gets through to the NPA and gets to a court. That in itself is already a victory. That means her pain has been heard. Their pain has been validated. And then we've got, to, we, we've got to cross the major milestone of getting through the court case and getting through and getting justice, because that, that is just another, another journey on itself. And so we're in a space, yes, our, our country's been in a crisis for many, many years with gender-based violence, and it's gotten away, um, um, perpetrators have gotten away with so many of these crimes for so many years because they can. People are very quick to talk about R. Kelly and, 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 and block R. Kelly, and I was one of them. But then we also need to put that same attention to what's happening here. Because for too long, too many of these perpetrators or alleged perpetrators can continue and operate because they have their privilege, because they have their power. Some of them have the political clout and political protection. And if you can, and if you know, if you want to stand up and say that you really want to end gender-based violence, then it's also holding those people in your space accountable. And it's not easy. 
You, can, you, you know, there's certain organizations that will push woman empowerment, but then if abuse is happening under their nose or if they're in their home or in their, in their own company, they, they try and cover it up or try and gaslight the person who's speaking out. You can't, you can't be playing both of those, those games and those, and on, on those different platforms. And once again, that just goes back into how much unlearning we need to do. We're all in this process of discovery. And if we do falter, and if we are called out, let's step back, reflect, and figure out another way of standing in solidarity. But the gaslighting, the, the intimidation, the alienation, all falls under that whole patriarchal regime, and we need to break that. So in closing, um, understand what solidarity is. Understand what it means to be a true ally. We're all learning. We all need to unlearn. If you do operate from a place of privilege, how are you using that privilege to help somebody else? Are you turning a blind eye? Are you allowing somebody's emotional well-being and psyche to be destroyed because you're too scared to rock the boat? Or because you have experienced and, and, and uh, for want of a better word, um, being provided with other privileges because of your silence. You know, with this filmmaker, so many people came out and said, yes, well, you know, this is what he's done over the years. Well, if it's what he's done and you saw it, you speaking out can do something. That means you're using your privilege for good. That means you're using your politics for good. So where are you standing? In closing, uh, one of our warriors will be in court um, on the 12th of April. For more information on the case, how you can support, uh, drop me a message. But all of us need to, to, to change direction in how we're going to approach this, this, this ugly beast. And we all need to, as I said, it's a lot of unlearning that needs to happen. And it's not made up. It happens in many societies, in many communities. And stop looking outside because it's happening in our communities. What are we doing here? Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>